you guys need to work on that. It's, uh, I, there was a bit of blame going at the throwers. I saw that. There was a bit of a few stink eyes up at the throwers uh, going on there. And uh, it's awesome. Hey, uh, I want to welcome you here to our Father's Day service and uh, I just honor you so much for coming out and hanging out with us and being here as a part of our Father's Day service. And uh, welcome especially to any guests, anyone who's come to share this day with us. And maybe you are a guest who don't normally come to Elam. We're just so glad you're here and we pray you have an absolutely amazing time. Any fathers get breakfast in bed today? Is any, any, there's a hand right down the back. There's one person in the whole church. You got break, oh, there's a, there's a few more. And uh, see if we can work on that next year, eh, ladies? That'd be real good. Um, I'm just joking. We've got this little sock theme going on here at Father's Day right now. And so I want to let you know that as you leave the church service today, there is going to be a bunch of kids. And they've got a free pair of socks for every guy in the church today. Superhero socks. We've got Superman socks and we've got Batman socks. So every guy over 18 is getting yourself a pair of socks. Come on, isn't that amazing? That's so cool, right? Um. Can I, I will say this, um, they're, they're for you if you're here, so don't use it as the opportunity to get a pair for the dad that you forgot to buy for, like, here we go, I've got it sorted. Um, we do, we're running six services today, and um, so far they've been very full, and we've got a lot of people to get through, so if you could do us a favor, the, the 5 p.m. service would greatly thank you for not taking all the socks, that would be, that'd be uh, uh, amazing, uh, that's awesome. There's a really weird thing about socks, though, this is what I've noticed, I feel like it's a universal truth that you can put two socks into a washing machine. And when said washing machine is done, one sock will come out. Am I right? This is the great mystery of the world. Where did the socks go? You can be folding the washing pile at the end of the day, and I guarantee you at the bottom of that little washing basket, as you pull it out, there are a whole bunch of lonely socks who lost their buddy. This, it, it's like what happened to the socks? Did those socks go to be with sock Jesus? Was there a sock rapture that we don't know about? Are they up in the sky with the great cloud of sock witnesses looking down on the other socks? Are the socks that were left behind the unbelieving socks? Are they the unrighteous socks? The socks that have not put their faith in Jesus. Like, what has happened to the socks? The great mystery of the world. I mean, how were the pyramids built? Where did the socks go? It's a, it's a great question. Everyone's, this is such a problem in our house that we, this is, this is the basket that lives above our washing machine. And in this basket are all the lonely socks. We have a basket in our house for the socks that lose the buddy from the sock pair. This is a, look at them all. You pull them out of the washing machine, there's one. These are all the orphan socks. You can adopt a sock today. Call 1-800-LONELY-SOCK for $1 a day. You can take a sock home with you. Give it a new home. This is a problem, man. They're lost. Who knows where they go? I don't know where they go. Do you know? There's a great abyss. It's a mystery. Where do the socks go? They're lost. All these lonely socks going around. I mean, for some of you here today, you dads, you're wearing mismatched socks because this is the problem of the lot of your, I couldn't do that. I'm too OCD to mismatch socks. So I just go, no socks. (laughs) 
They're lost. Who knows? They're lost. It, it, it kind of reminds me of this a passage of Scripture in Luke 15 where Jesus actually talks about three lost things. And what I'd love to do today is I want to, this Father's Day, just explore these three lost things. And, and what I want to ask you to do is, is this, I don't know your story, I don't know where you're from, I don't know what brought you into church today, but what I'd love to invite you to do is this, just simply open your heart and open your mind a little bit, because maybe you might see a little reflection of yourself in one of these lost items. And so let's have a look. The first item that we read about is a lost sheep, the lost sheep. And it says this in Luke 15, round about verse number two. It should be in your notes or up on the screen. Jesus told them this parable. He said, suppose one of you has a hundred sheep and loses one of them. Doesn't he leave the 99 in the open country and go after the lost sheep until he finds it? And when he finds it, he joyfully puts it on his shoulders and goes home. Then he calls his friends and neighbors together, says, rejoice with me, I've found my lost sheep. I tell you in the same way, there will be more rejoicing in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 righteous persons who do not need to repent. I'm not an expert on sheep in any way, although I do know like it's lambing season, right? There's like lambs everywhere, it's so cute. But I do know like, like a sheep, if a sheep was ever lost, I'm not sure it would know it was lost. Do you know what I mean? Like, I'm not sure a sheep ever walks around and is like, oh, where am I? See, a sheep's just interested in the grass. Like all, most of the time, a sheep's just got his head down, he's munching on some grass. And the sheep goes wherever the good grass goes. He's just, I'm gonna, oh, there's some good grass. I'm gonna eat that grass over here. I'm gonna, oh, look, there's some shade. I'm a bit hot, I'm gonna sit in the shade. Or there's some water. A sheep just goes wherever it needs to go. I don't think a sheep ever thinks that it's lost. And in this parable, Jesus is saying that there is a lost sheep and that there is a shepherd who leaves 99 other sheep to go and look for the one sheep that is lost. And the amazing thing is that he's going after a sheep that doesn't even know it's lost, and the sheep that is lost apparently doesn't even know that there is a shepherd that's out there looking for him. Like the sheep's just, I'm just doing my life, doing my thing, eating my grass. And he doesn't even know that in the background somewhere that there is a shepherd that is on the move, that is looking and searching and seeking out this sheep. Friend, I don't know your story today. I don't know what brought you into church, but maybe today you might see a little reflection of yourself in the lost sheep. See, maybe you've been going about your life and you've been doing your thing. And maybe you don't, even in this moment, up until this point, you've had no real concept of God. You've had no awareness of God. You, maybe even coming into church today is really unfamiliar to you. Like maybe this is unfamiliar territory. Like you're stepping in here going, what are these weirdos doing? Like put your hands down, brother. It's like, calm down. Maybe you walk into in church and God and faith and that is, is totally unfamiliar to you. And up until this point, you've been just doing your thing and you didn't even know that you were lost. But I wanna tell you, even though you don't know that you're lost, there is still a shepherd and he's still looking for you. And you may not know it, but he's looking and he's on the move and he's searching for you and he's seeking you. And he loves you and he died for you and he's got a great plan for your life. And if you just look around, you'd see that he's there. Maybe you see yourself in the lost sheep. 
Well, maybe you see yourself more in the next item, which is a lost coin. The lost coin. Jesus says this in Luke 15. Or suppose a woman has 10 silver coins and loses one. Doesn't she light a lamp and sweep the house and search carefully until she finds it? And when she finds it, she calls her friends and neighbors together and says, rejoice with me, I found my lost coin. In the same way I tell you, there is rejoicing in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner who repents. Have you ever lost, if you, listen, if you've ever lost something of value to you, you know what this parable is talking about. Like if you've ever lost something and you, you're like in a stress to find it, you're like, where is it, where is it, where is it? I know it's here, I saw it, I saw it just last week, I saw it there, why is it no longer there? I'm gonna like, you're looking for it and then helpful people come along and they go, did you look in the last place that you left it? Of course I did, I wanna punch you, you moron. I'm like, just help me look. You're like, you just, maybe that's just me. I was, got some, some, some deep issues I need to process apparently. If you've ever, like guys in this room, dads, if you've ever sat down on the couch to watch your show and not found the remote, if you've ever been looking for the remote and the All Blacks are about to do the haka, you know in that moment, I will turn that house upside down. I'm, a rip, I'm breaking stuff. I'm ripping things apart. Where is it? I know it's here. Who's moved it? You start blaming everybody. What did you do with it? Kids, you dog, what have you eaten? Like you just lose your mind trying to find this remote. But when you do find it, you think you're the champion of the world. You're like, yes, I found the remote. You like let everybody, let the neighbors know, hey, found it. Watch my show now. In this parable, Jesus talks about a, a lost coin, of, like losing money. And, and often we can lose money because we're a bit careless with it. We can be a bit reckless with, with our money, what we have. And, and I don't know your story and I don't know your journey today, but maybe today you might have even been a bit careless and reckless with your life. You know, the thing about money is that it affords you the opportunity to do stuff, to try things, to go places, to experience stuff. And maybe with your life right now, you, you've been experiencing everything and anything this life and this world has to offer you. You've, you've been afforded the opportunity. You've tried this and you've tried that and you've been there and you've done that. You, you've, been look, you've tried wealth and success and relationships and substances and experiences and you don't know why, like this coin, you don't know why, but you just feel lost. And you've tried everything. You've been there, you've done that, but you just feel lost. And maybe even like the coin, on the outside, you look at a coin and it's shiny and it's new and it's good and it looks like it's got its value and it looks like it's something. And maybe like you today, a little bit like that coin where on the outside, it's all shiny and it's all good and it looks the part, but the reality is you feel lost and you don't know why. Even with the success and even with the shininess and even with the newness and even with all those things that you can get your hands on, you still in the middle of that, you feel lost. Can I tell you, it, the thing that you are looking for and all those things that you're trying, the thing that you're looking for to find fulfillment and peace and purpose and joy and life, the thing that you're looking for is actually already looking for you. Like the woman, she's it's like Jesus is tearing up the house. He's trying to get through all the clutter because he's trying to get to you. 
And the thing you're looking for is actually looking for you. And his name's Jesus, and he loves you, and he died for you. And when you are found in him, you're really found. And all those things that you're trying to get your hands on through all the life experiences, you find in one place, in one person. His name's Jesus. Maybe you're a bit more like the lost coin. Or maybe you're like the last thing that Jesus talks about that's lost. It's called the lost son. Maybe if the team can join me, that'd be amazing. The lost son. In Luke 15, around verse 11, Jesus tells this parable. It's called the prodigal son or the parable of the lost son. And in this story, what happens is there's a father who's got an estate and the father has two sons, an older son and a younger son. And the younger son gets fed up. And I don't know what happened to the younger son. I don't know what offense he had or what disappointment he had, but he got to a point where he said, Dad, I want my inheritance and I want it now. And so his father relents and gives him his inheritance and he goes and he's like, I'm out of here, Dad. Like, you know, how many teenagers are like, Mom, you don't know. Dad, you don't know. I'm out of here. I want to like. So he's like, I'm out of here. I'm going to live my life. I'm going to do my thing. So he goes and he, and, and he goes off to a faraway country. And then this passage tells it says he takes his inheritance and he blows it. Like he spends it on anything and everything. It's just partying and wild living and, and any, any kind of vice that this world could offer. It's like, I'm, a, I'm gonna partake in all that kind of stuff. I've been under the rule and under the, 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 the boundaries and restrictions of my father's house for too long. I'm gonna break free and I'm gonna go and I'm gonna live my life. And then it says he winds up with nothing in a pig pen. He's like fighting pigs for scraps. And he has this like, aha, come to my senses moment. And he's like, man, my, the servants in my father's house live better than this. Here's what I'll do, I'll go back. I'll go back. And I, I'm just so ashamed and I'm so, I'm so unworthy. I'll go back and I'll just say to my father, I'm sorry I've sinned against you and against heaven. And, just make me a servant. That's all I'll be. I'll just be a servant in your house. So he gets up and he goes back. And, and then the Bible says, while he's still a long way off, the father sees him. He sees him. You know why? Because the father's always looking. The father never stopped looking from the day you left. From the day the son walked out, the father was waiting. The father was looking. And it says, while he's still a long way off, the son, they, they, they run and there's an embrace. The Father doesn't meet him with condemnation or judgment. The, the Father meets him with grace, with love, with open arms, and he embraces him. The Son's like, I've done, I've sinned, I've, I've done wrong. And he's like, shh, enough, enough of that. I don't care about that. All I know is I thought you were dead and now you're alive. You were lost and now you're found. So here's what we're gonna do. Get a ring, put it on his hand. Get a robe, put it on him. Put sandals on his feet. The Son was coming back just to be a servant and the Father restored him to his position. And then he said, let's kill the fattened calf. I don't know what that's all about, but apparently that was a good time back then. And we're gonna have a party. Because my son, he's lo he was lost and now he's found. He's, he was dead and now he's alive. And I don't know your story, but maybe you are more like the son. Maybe you grew up in church. Maybe this is very familiar to you. Maybe you grew up reading the Bible and you were in the Father's house and you served Him and you were, you were in this. And for whatever reason, for whatever reason, maybe you got hurt, maybe you got offended, 
Maybe someone said something to you. Maybe the church hurt you. Maybe a pastor offended you and hurt you. Maybe there was disappointment or discouragement. Maybe something didn't happen in the time you wanted it to, or you thought it would, or you expected it to, and you got hurt and you got offended in the mix. And, and so you thought, I'm out of here. And you left and you walked away. You chose to leave. See, the difference between a coin, a sheep, and a son is a coin and a sheep don't really know they're lost, but a son does. A son does. A son walked away. And maybe today in this service, this could even be your little aha moment. This little come to my senses moment where I go, now I need to go back. I've tried doing it all my way. I've tried living, I tried walking away, but there's this drawing to come back. Listen, when you come back, here's what you meet. You meet the open embrace of the God that you walked away from, and you meet a God who never stopped looking, who never stopped looking. He was looking for you the whole time. He was ready and waiting the whole time. And what He will do for you is not just bring you back as a servant, He will restore you as a son or a daughter. It'll be like you never left. He will restore you and bring you back to the right position that He has for you. Maybe you're more like a son. I have two sons. I have a, a son who's seven, no, yes, no, six. <clears throat> I'm a really, really good dad and I just, um, really, they're really special to me, obviously. I have a son who's nine and a son who's six. Judah is nine, Rocky is six. And uh, listen, I can't even remember my own like, age, so like just forget about it. Nine and six. And um, they often, they go to school at our, our um, Elam school, and then after school, they get on a bus that brings them here to this, ca this campus here, uh, and because we work in the offices upstairs. And so what they do is they get on the bus and they come here to the office and then they just wait here, do homework and have some food um, until we're finished for the day and then we kind of go home or go off to soccer practice or whatever. Um, in fact, they don't do their homework. They go and raid all the other offices for lollies and candy and food and they just, they just run riot. It's, it's amazing. And this one afternoon, I was in charge. I, don't, I think Bex was away. Uh, I was in charge of the boys and so uh, they'd come off the bus and... And often like they'll just kind of go hang out with the kids pastor or they'll go and like do their homework downstairs or something like that. And so they're pretty free when they're here. Um, and so I, Rocky was with me. I knew where he was, but for about 30 minutes, 40 minutes, I hadn't seen Judah. I just assumed he was down doing something. And then it got time to leave. And so I said, Rocky, let's get our stuff. Let's go, let's go get your brother and we'll get out of here. And we go to find Judah and we can't find him anywhere. Like he's missing, he's lost. Can't find him anywhere. So I'm looking at all the places I think he could be. Is he in here playing on the drums? No, he's not here. Is he, is he, is he, is he in the cafe? No, no he's, no, he's nowhere, I can't find him. And then I go, he's probably found a, a ball and he's out on the court kicking the ball around. Nope, he's not there, can't find him anywhere. And so then I start to get a bit, a bit worried. Start to get a little bit, bit panicked. And I had Rocky, like I had him. And so what I did was I left him. I ditched him. I, I put him on, the, the rocks out in the garden there, I said, stay here. I know where you are. Now there was a point there where I could have gone, hey, I got 50%, it's not bad. <laughs> it's 
It's not bad odds. Like I started with two, got one. Hey, look. You get 50% through university, you get a degree. Like that's like, that's not bad. But I left him off because I knew where he was. He was found. I knew, I knew it. He wasn't my concern. I knew where he was. I left him. And I went to find the one that was lost. My whole attention was on the one that was lost, not on the one that I found. I knew where he was. He's okay. And I start going, I get staff. I'm like, any staff that are here? It was kind of after hours. So there's only a couple of people. I say, I can't find Judah. Have you seen him? I can't find Judah. Have you seen him? Have you seen him? Have you seen him? And we're looking everywhere. And for like half an hour, we can't find him. So now it's over an hour that we haven't seen him and he's been missing and I'm freaking out and I'm going worst case scenario and I'm just, I'm frantic, I'm worried. And, uh, and what, what I didn't realize is there is, um, there's, a, there's a young guy who comes and helps us lock up the church every day. He's got some special needs and he comes and he helps. It's his thing, he just comes and helps lock up the church. And what he'd done is Judah had gone into a room, he, was, he didn't tell anyone he was going in there and this helpful person had locked the door and locked him in. He'd been locked in there for over an hour and he, he'd seen me walking, looking for him. And, 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 I, and he was yelling and I couldn't hear him. And so we're looking, we're looking, and I, I finally go to this one room and there's a window in the door and all I see is this little, like, little head popping up and, and, he's, and he's crying, he's bawling. His face is all red. He's all like, he's all emotion, he's worked up. And I'm like, oh. And so I run and I grab my keys and I come and I open the door and, and I go in and he's like crying and he just grabs me and hugs me and embraces me. And I'm like, buddy, 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 it's okay, it's okay, I'm here, I'm here, I'm here. It's okay, I found you, found you. And he was like, dad, I thought you would stop looking. I thought you would stop looking. I said, Judah, I would never stop. I would like never stop. To the day I died, I would never stop. I will move heaven and earth, but the one thing I wouldn't do would be stop looking for you. I would look until I found you. Can I tell you, church, it doesn't matter whether you're a sheep, a coin, or a son. There is a God who is relentless in His pursuit of you. He's looking and He will never stop. No matter what you've done, where you've been, What's gone? He will never stop. You know, the moment I found Judah, I wasn't angry. I was pumped. I was so excited. I was like, this is the best moment ever. Can, can I tell you, when, when, when you find, when God finds you, you find Him. We, in this whole parable, like whether you're the coin, the sheep, or the son, the end expression of being found is the same, exactly the same. You know what it is? Rejoicing and celebration. Oh, the sheep's found. Tell my mates come around, party time. Oh, I found my coin, call the neighbors, man, it was party time. I found my son, kill the fan car, we're having a celebration. In, in fact, it even says that when one lost person is found, there is rejoicing in all of heaven with all the angels. So in that moment in time, in all creation, that is the most enjoyable, that is the most focused moment in that moment in time, in all creation, everything stops and has a party. Everything stops and is going, yes. It doesn't matter what's going on in the whole world. At that moment in heaven, there's rejoicing. It's amazing. What, what you think you're going to find when you turn back to God or turn to Him, 
is not what you think it is. What you find is grace that covers all of your sin, all of your wrong, all of your offense. Jesus died on the cross for it. What you find is restoration. You get restored to your rightful position in the family of God. You, you've, you're, you have that position not because of what you've done. You have it because you were simply born. It's by birth, not by worth. It's, it's yours because you're a child of God. Friends, I don't know your story, I don't know your journey, but maybe you see yourself in the sheep, the corn, and the sun. And I would love to, this Father's Day, extend a simple invitation for you to come to know the Father of all, the one who's the good shepherd, the one who's turning the house upside down, the one who's standing ready, waiting for you to come back. He's a good Father, He loves you. He's got a plan for your life. I'd love to invite you to come to know Him. I'd love to invite you to turn to the one who will never stop looking for you. He'll never stop pursuing you. Can I invite everyone in this room just to take a moment to bow your heads and close your eyes just for a moment. No matter who you are, no matter what you've done, no matter what your story, all of heaven is waiting for this moment. At this point in time in history, at this moment when lost people come back to the Father, all of heaven stops. And the most apparent thing in all of creation in that moment is you. The thing that goes to the forefront, that takes precedence over every other thing is you and the celebration for you. And I wanna invite you, if you're here today and you don't know Jesus, you don't know that good shepherd. If you're here today, maybe you're the sheep, you don't even know, you didn't even know that someone was looking for you. But maybe today is your moment. Maybe you're here today, you're a coin, you, you've, been, you've been trying everything this world has to offer, but if you're honest with yourself, you say, man, I just feel lost and I don't know why. It's because the thing you're looking for is not a thing, it's a person, his name's Jesus. Maybe you today you're a son, you know you walked away. Maybe you're a daughter, you walked away, and you know it's your moment to come back. I wanna invite you to pray a very simple prayer with me. That's you today. I'm gonna pray it out loud. You don't have to pray it out loud. Just pray it in your hearts with me. But when you pray it, I want you to mean it with everything you've got. Make this your prayer. Are you ready to say these words? Say, God, today, I surrender my life to you. I know I've sinned. I know I've messed up but I believe that Jesus, you died for me. So right now, I turn from my old ways. I ask you to forgive me of all of my wrongs. I ask you to come in and be the Lord of my life. I choose from this day to live for you. Would you come in and make me brand new today? I desire to be found in you. In Jesus' name. Just with your eyes still closed and head bowed. If you prayed that prayer today, can I just say I'm so proud of you. I think this is the most amazing moment in all of creation right now. And, and I wanna invite you to do one more little thing. I want, you to, I want you to be really bold and really brave. What I'm gonna do is I'm gonna count to three. And when I get to three, if you prayed that prayer, 
I want you to be real brave and put your hand up nice and high just so I can see it. Now, I'm not doing that to embarrass you or call you out. I'm not gonna stand you up or make you do something you don't wanna do. What I will do is I will acknowledge your hand, I'll see it, and you can put it straight back down. What I want you to do is take one little brave step of faith. Are you ready? On the count of three, if you pray that prayer. One, two, three. Hands up nice and high right now. Yeah, God bless you. God bless you there too, sir. Thank you right here on the front. Yep, right down the back. I see you guys. Yes, I see you too. Anyone else saying, Steve, that's me, that's me. Count me in. Count me in. I pray their prayer. Yeah, to my right. Yes, sir, right here. I see you too, man. Incredible. Yep, ma'am, I see you here on my left right here. God bless you. Yes, sir. God bless you too. Anyone else saying, Steve, that's me, that's me, that's me. You know who you are. Son, coin, a sheep. Awesome. Yep, God bless you too, sir. Awesome. You can put your hand down now. Oh, right on the top. I see you, my man. God bless you on the mezzanine. Incredible. Incredible. God, we thank you what you're doing here tonight. Lord, I bless each person that has said yes to you. I thank you that right now heaven is rejoicing. Angels are rejoicing. God, you are overjoyed and delighted as lost people get found. I pray your blessing on them. May they truly know the goodness and the grace and the love of God in their lives. We bless them now as a church in Jesus' name, amen. Come on, church, you better put your hands together. Let's rejoice with heaven today. Have you put your hands